Okay, our dilemma for today is one that's particularly relevant to this time in history because it's about a minion dilemma. Uh, as many places in the world are starting to regather, shuls are opening up again, and the opportunity to dove in a minion is now possible again. And for many of us, we have got used to not doing that, to praying at home during the week on Shabbos. And at first, that may have been quite different. And we felt a little bit like uh, it wasn't so easy to pray at home without the community around you and without the, the trappings of a, a shul service, Torah reading, communal parts of the, of the prayers and singing together. But, you know, you get used to anything. And in some ways, praying at home on your own could even be, for some, a better way of davening. But at the same time, you do lose out on the communal element of prayer and the power of communal prayer. And so here's a, a story that happened in a community in Israel around a, a, an issue with the minion. This particular community was somewhere in the Galilee, a small rural type of community. And there was a, a local shul in this, in this rural district that that would gather together every day to say the prayers in the morning with a minion. It would give the opportunity for somebody to say Kaddish if they had a yard site or were in the year of mourning and uh, to be called to the Torah, to have blessings and to whatever they needed to do. The issue was that in this area, was not a particularly observant area, there were exactly 10 men who were interested in going to shul and available to go to shul. And when it's that situation, that means every single person counts. And if one doesn't show up, one person sleeps in or is not feeling well or whatever reason is not around, so then there's no minion that day. So everyone is, complete, is, is matters and everyone is, uh, is dependent on each other. Anyway, one morning it happened that the congregants shuffled in one by one and the minion was uh, getting close. They got to eight, they got to nine, waiting, waiting, and the tenth didn't show up. There's a, there's a certain amount of time you can wait, after which people are going to have to already leave, get, get on with their day, get, on, get over to work and whatever they need to do. And so they really needed the tenth man. There was one amongst them, he was known as the Gabai. He was sort of like the, the secretary, as it were, of the shul. He was the one who would organize the minion. And they knew exactly who was missing, but... Uh, he wasn't answering his phone. There was no response. He wasn't coming. And so it looked like there wasn't going to be a minion that day. So this guy said, hang on a minute. I'm, go I'm going to get a 10th man. Wait here. Don't, go don't anyone go anywhere. Give me, give me two minutes. I'm going to get a 10th man. And he walked out. And the other congregants said, where's he going to get a 10th man? We're, we're, on, we're on this rural area. There's, there's, there's no one walking past. It's not like you're in a Jewish community where you can just go outside and, and see if somebody Jewish looking is going by and say, can you come in for a minion for a few minutes? Uh, the 10th man isn't showing up. So where's he going to get a minion from? Somebody joked and said, well, maybe he wants to make a golem. You know, he's going he's gonna to create out of, out of nowhere a being uh, uh, and bring him into shul, which somebody else said, well, that wouldn't actually count in the minion if he, if he did that. It wouldn't help. So, so where's he going? Well, what did he do? This Gabai was an in, industrious guy, and th he thought creatively. He went out and he took out his phone and he called up the local taxi service. 
and he said, I need a taxi urgently. Now, in the Galilee, there are different taxi services. Some of them are Arab, some of them are Jewish. He called the Jewish one that has Jewish drivers, and within a few minutes, screeched outside the shul a taxi. The driver says to the Gabbai, where to? And the Gabbai says, nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. We need a minion inside. Could you please turn on your meter and come inside for our prayers? Now, with uh, Israeli taxi drivers, it's a gamble. You don't know what the response is going to be. But here it was very positive. He said, sure thing. Happy, happy to help. So he turns on his meter and he comes into the shul. And, and the congregants are amazed that here a mysterious 10th man walks in. Somebody who they didn't recognize. How, how was he walking by at the time? Anyway, he, he came in. They started the service. And in this shul, they, they took their time. They weren't too rushed in, in their davening. They had a beautiful morning service, uh, and afterwards the, the service ended, and the Gabe told the taxi driver, look, you're welcome to go, but if you want, you know, we do a little bit of Torah study now. Uh, I said, oh yeah, that sounds great, let's, let's do it, and, and so he stuck around for the little shir, where they learned a bit of Torah, and they offered him a cup of coffee, which he graciously accepted, and had a little lechayim, and by the time the whole thing had, had uh, finished, the taxi driver went and checked his meter and it clocked up to 135 shekels. So the Gabai explained to everybody that this, this guy was not walking past. He was a taxi driver. We, I ordered him to come. 135 shekels for us to get a minion, which if you work it out, that, that works out to 15 shekels per congregant. There was nine people there waiting for the minion. So the Gabba says, guys, fork out 15 shekels each, and uh, we, we got our minion. The other congregants were not impressed. They say, well, one second, you ordered the taxi, you pay, you pay for it. You're the Gabba, you arranged the minion, you decided that this is how you're going to do it. Why should we fork out money for your idea? It was very creative of you, and we all benefited, yes, we, we got a minion, but that, that was your idea, that was your initiative, not ours. So you pay for the, the taxi. The Gabe says, what do you mean? We all had a minion. My job was to get the minion together. I did it through this creative means. We all have to fork in. We all, we all have to pitch in. And they argue back and forth. Who should be paying? Should the Gabe pay the entire amount? Or should the community all be pitching in 15 shekels each? Even if they said, I, I would have been happy with my minion today. Why should I leave, lose my 15 shekels? You might say, what's the difference, 15 shekels? Uh, but to some people, it is a difference. And on principle, I, I don't want to pay for something that I didn't uh, choose. Why should I be forced to pay? So this unusual circumstance was, was brought as a question uh, um, to a rabbi, Rabbi Zilberstein in Israel, who looked at it and said, well, the Gabbai is saying everybody should pay 15 shekels. Everyone is saying, no, he should pay the entire amount. And the truth is, neither of them are correct in this, in this circumstance. Uh, why? So he brought a very interesting source for this, and that is the Rivash. The Rivash, Rabbi Yitzchak ben Sheshis, was a halachic authority in Spain in the... 1300s, 14th century, and he has a responsa, answers to Jewish law, and he's, he discusses the, the idea of a minion, and he says the following things, some fascinating things about 
the obligation of being in, in a minion and whose responsibility it is. He says that from the times when the temple was destroyed and the tamid sacrifice, the daily sacrifice was ceased, which by the way, the, the, the day that the, the daily sacrifice in the temple was ceased was the 17th of Tammuz, which is tomorrow, a fast day on the Jewish calendar. There was a daily sacrifice every morning and every afternoon, which brought forgiveness for our sins. And that daily sacrifice, once it was ceased, which was on the 17th of Tammuz, with the destruction of the temple, so our ability to cleanse our soul was, was uh, interrupted. And th- with no temple and no, and no daily sacrifice. So the, the place was taken, the place of that sacrifice was taken by the prayers. We serve God in our heart. We used to serve God in the temple with sacrifice. Now we serve God in our heart by elevating the animal within us, within our own, without, in, in our own personality towards God. Prayers have taken the place of sacrifice. So since we've been exiled from the land and the, and the temple has been destroyed, so the house of prayer is called a mikdash me'at, a miniature temple. Every shul is a miniature temple. And when the community gathers together to stand before God and to praise Him and thank Him and pray to Him, what happens is you sanctify the glory of God. By doing that, you fulfill what it says in the Torah, I'll be sanctified amongst the Jewish people. In a community of people, the divine presence is drawn down. Just like on a miniature scale of what was done in the temple, where the divine presence was brought into the world, and we were able to, to gain forgiveness for our sins, a cleansing of our soul, an elevation for us all. That was done in the temple. We do that on a miniature scale in shul by gathering together and making a minion. So we don't yet know what the rivash here, Yitzchak Bar what is he responding to? It's a response. It's, a, it's an answer to a question. He's talking about the power of communal prayer. And he says, we can start to figure out the question by looking at the answer that now I've heard that amongst you, he's writing to some community, there are some people that all they seem to care about is making money and doing their work. They get up early in the morning, but they get up early in the morning just to go straight to work. And they, they go out to the city to, do, to, 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 get, to get down to business and they don't bother going to shul and saying the prayers beforehand to ask for God for their blessing and their success in their business. Because we know that blessing, that success in business actually is a divine blessing. It comes from above. You need to make effort. You need to make toil. You need to make a, a vessel for that blessing to fall. But the success comes from God, from, from above. So there are people who they're so rushing after making money that they don't bother going to shul. Whether or not they say their prayers, we don't know, but they just rush off to, 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 to work, skipping going to shul. And as a result, the shul is lacking in a minion, that there aren't, there aren't enough people to make up a minion in shul. So, says the Rivash, you should mention to them and make known to them what our sages say, that it says in the Talmud, that the prayers of a person are only really heard if they're said in a shul. Now, of course, that's a very dramatic statement. Prayers can be heard anywhere. But the power of prayer that's said in a shul, inside the, the, the walls of a shul, are greatly increased. They're, they're, they're far more powerful than prayers said anywhere else. It's a mikdash me'at. It's the miniature temple.
And also, with, it says in the Talmud that the best time to pray is a time when there's divine goodwill. That when, when Hashem is more open to responding to prayer. The question is, when is that time? When is the time that God is most, most responsive to prayer? And the Talmud answers, at the time that the community prays. Which, by the way, means that if you cannot get to shul, but you pray at the same time as the community, that is helpful. It's a good time. But to be in the space of the shul, which is a holy space, and praying at the time that the community is praying together, that is the most powerful time. And furthermore, the Talmud says that God will never reject the prayer of a community. Individual prayer, the answer may be yes, the answer may be no. But when a community prays together, that prayer cannot be rejected. Again, it doesn't mean that prayers are always answered exactly the way that we expect or want to, but it means that there's a certain power to praying with the community, with a minion, in a shul, at the time that we're all praying together. That's the most opportune and powerful time to pray. And so therefore, we shouldn't take lightly the idea of, of davening in a minion. And anybody who has a shul, he continues, if you have a shul in your, in your city, but you don't pray there, so... That person, the Talmud says, is called a bad neighbor. That's <laughs> a bad neighbor. A good neighbor is somebody who, com- who participates in the community, who is involved in the community, and he prays with the community. Somebody who has the shul but skips the shul is, is considered a bad neighbor. That's, that's, not, that's not the type of person we want. Or that's not the t- that, that person should be behaving that way. So that's certainly the case of the people who, need, who are needed to make up a minion, that... It's one thing if there's a minion without you. Okay, so then that's, that's, that's uh, at least there's a minion. Still, all this applies. And still, that person is called a bad neighbor. You still should be a part of the community, but at least there is a minion. But if the minion is dependent on you, and by you not showing up, there's not going to be a minion, even more so that you're not only avoiding your own prayer, but you're actually preventing others from doing their communal prayer as well. So concludes the Rivash. And this, this is where he gets uh, serious. You should actually make penalty payments in the community a dollar or two he says a small a small amount we're not talking about a large amount but there should be penalty payments for somebody who does not show up to the shul at netzachama at sunrise in the morning uh, the community should agree upon themselves that if you don't come you get you get a penalty payment which of course some people will be very willing to play to pay in order to sleep in or go out, go out to work he didn't write that that's my comment so anyway the point here is this this Communication from the Rivash is uh, quoted in Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law, by the Ramah, Ramosh Israelis, where he says that in a place where there is no minion in the shul, you can actually, the community can force people to come, and if you don't come, you actually pay a penalty for not coming because the daily sacrifice has to be brought. We need to bring the Tamid, the daily sacrifice, which is achieved through communal prayer every day. Somebody who doesn't do that is therefore. Uh, punished. There's a penalty payment. So, therefore, if that's the case, even where there is a minion in shul, so how much more so when the person not showing up is preventing the minion? So, in our case, where the Gabai was very creative in inviting a taxi driver to make up the minion, it cost 135 shekels. The community is saying, you should pay it, Gabai. The Gabai says, the community should participate and pay 15 shekels each. In actual fact, no, neither of them are correct. The one who has to pay is the guy that didn't show up. The guy that the minion is dependent upon, and he didn't show up. So the fact that the minion had to 
use other means in order to create a minion because of, of him not being there, he's the one who should pay the penalty payment for preventing the minion to happen. Of course, there's a few caveats here. We're assuming there was no cheaper way of getting a minion. The, the cheapest way was to call a taxi and, and to bring, the, bring, bring him in. That's, that, that is assumed. Also, we could question if they invited him for coffee afterwards and, and, and is that included in it or not? That, that's perhaps debatable. But assuming that there was no cheaper way of doing it, there was no easier way of getting somebody to make up the minion, so then the lack that the person caused by not showing up is fulfilled and he owes that money to the community. It will also be a kapara, a cleansing of his, of his mistake, of his lack uh, of not showing up to shul by at least monetarily uh, paying for the fact that somebody took his place and therefore uh, at least the, the minion happened. We are also, of course, assuming that he chose not to come to shul, not that he was unwell or sick or something came up that he was, was unavoidable. Of course, we understand that not everyone can be there every single day and sometimes circumstances don't allow it. It, he's only responsible if he wantonly, lazily stayed in bed, put this news button on, and, and didn't, didn't bother going to shul, letting down the entire community. If, if he couldn't help it, he couldn't help it. That, that, that we do understand. But what we do see from here is the value and the importance of community prayer. And even if sometimes praying alone feels good, it does feel good, but there are certain commandments and mitzvahs that are not fulfilled by praying alone only by praying together. And so the, the selfless act of being a part of the community and of coming along to the minion is one that brings a lot of blessing, both to those who pray and to the entire community. We pray for all those, even those who can't make it to shul, they're included in our prayers as well.